Brothers. One podcast. It's Smackmouth Fantasy Football. Welcome in, Smackmouth Dynasty family. It is your commissioner, Sean, joined by our co-commissioner once again, Connor. Good evening or morning or afternoon whenever you're listening. Hello to all. Glad glad to be here in a really good mood right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> it is episode 10 of the Dynasty side of the podcast we have had 11 digits yep we have had 11 episodes when you count the redraft episode that was posted a few weeks ago tonight another edition of meet the league and let's do it right now all right everybody tonight we have a member of the best friends division he is the manager of jamar rule murder (laughs) we know him as walla walla 16 he is Jake, welcome in, Jake. You there, Jake? Yeah, sorry, you kind of broke up there for a second. Okay. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me on. Of course. So you were brought into the league by D. Nelly, David Nelson. How long would you say you have known or been friends? If you consider David a friend, how long would you say you've been friends with David? No, no, I definitely consider David a good friend. Um, I actually met David's wife, um, Alicia, first. Uh, we started working together at RSM about four years ago or so. Um, and so became good friends with Alicia and thus became good friends with David. So uh, Alicia is actually going to be a, is she a bride's groom in our wedding? She's part of the bridesmaids party and the groom's party. So... <laughs> Interesting. Wow. I, I don't think I've ever heard of someone doing double duty. Yeah, so it's she, a big task got, for her. She's she's got double duty, but uh, she's up for it. So, so where do you where do you where do you make someone stand that is a bride's groom, brides, brides? She'll be on the bride. She'll be on the bride side, but um, she will have some groom responsibilities at some point. Ooh. And she'll also be be wearing a tux um, coat over the dress. Yeah, she's going to do something interesting. We'll see. <laughs> so do you still work for RSM? Yes. Yeah. So I've been there about four years. Um, you know, me and Alicia started at the same time, and that's kind of how we became really good friends. Uh, bless taking, you. CPA, taking the CPA test together, um, Alicia did fail reg the first time, mm. which I did not. So mm. I always kind of got to let her know that. <laughs> make sure um, make sure David uh, – Let's her listen to this part, you know. Yeah, so she struggled with Reg, you know, couldn't pass all four in the first try. So, um, yeah, really bonded our friendship. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> Katrina, who's also in the league, actually started there a year later. And that's kind of how me and her met. And that's kind of how we're together, you know, little workplace romance. Wow. And so you all still work there together? We're all still there currently, yeah. Okay. Are you on the tax side or the audit side? 
audit side. All three of us are on the audit side. Got it. Well, it takes a special person to do that. I was I did it for a short time. Oh, really? Where at? At BKD. Okay, very nice. Yeah, it's uh, it's difficult, but um, getting good experience and uh, never know what the future holds. So. Yeah, you've been there long enough. You'll be able to find a pretty good job if you decide you want to leave. For sure. So I believe most of the league knows you're not married yet. You're, you're engaged to Katrina. Do, would you consider yourself a dog person or a cat person? I would definitely say both. Um, we actually have two Bernese mountain dogs, um, mm -hmm. AJ and Aria. And then we have a, I don't know the word, pesky little cat named, black cat named Slinky, who is like a third <laughs> dog. So we are, and a, we also have a beta fish. Um, his name is Blood, but his nickname is Marshawn Lynch. So he kind of goes by both. How did he get the nickname? Uh, I mean, Blood was his, is his Christian name and... <laughs> Um, yeah, he was just really kind of a Marshawn, so he kind of goes by that as well. Okay, interesting. <laughs> I don't don't know how to. I don't know where to go from there. Where are you originally from? Yes, yeah, so I'm kind of a military family, moved all around, but kind of settled down in Mississippi is where I grew up in high school and stuff like that. And then after my senior year of high school, my dad got transferred out to Oklahoma and we ended up moving out here and I went to OU, you know, did all that, went to school there. So uh, I have my OU shirt on. So that is my college affiliation, um, which I think most people in the league are. And I'm sure Katrina will hit on this in her podcast, but she is an OSU graduate. Mm. So we are a, uh, we're a split house. Um, house divided. And, you guys need uh, a bumper sticker. We do. We do need a bumper sticker. Um, not a lot of orange in our house. She's not a big fan of orange. That is, you know, the only plus side to it. <laughs> that is good. As in, as we can see that Sean is wearing an orange shirt tonight. Yes, but so. it is, to clarify, it, oh. is, a, it is a thunder okay. shirt. See, okay. Thunder, thunder is fine. Yeah. <laughs> I also work That's for Miss First Bank, so everything they do is orange. Except for their OU debit card, I guess. Not true. I think it's very interesting that both uh, women in our league are OSU graduates. So I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing. but Does that say something about our them. selection process? Maybe. I mean, they're both in the no-name division, so we'll, we'll mm. see. We'll see how they do this year. I think they've got to hang their hat on fantasy football because their college football program is <laughs> not up to par. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, there sounds, it like, is. sounds like news today is they're going to get left out of the SEC when OU and Texas leave. <laughs> uh, they are, so ready for the SEC. I've already been chanting it around the house today. Oh, so. no, you're one of those people. <laughs> big, big money. He's from Mississippi. He's, big yeah. he's used to that. We do need to go back to this Mississippi thing. Um, so were you on the – the good side of the state where you root for the bulldogs or were you on the white supremacist side where you root for the rebels? <laughs> yeah, I guess growing up, you know, everyone had a like Colonel Reb cup and like didn't even know what that meant. And then turns out like 
it's extremely racist, you know, so, <laughs> I, you know, half my family went to state, you know, we call it okay. state there, and then half okay. went to Ole Miss. Um, you know, they were both so bad at football and everything, don't, never really cared for either, but, you know, went to a few state games, went to a few Ole Miss games. I think my best Mississippi State memory is I went to Sylvester Crooms, uh, first game as a head coach there, and that nice. was pretty cool, so... Connor and I backstory game. backstory for Connor and I we've we we went to a few Sylvester Croom games our uh, kind of complicated I guess our dad's second wife was Mississippi State grad and all of her family was Mississippi State grad so I I consider Mississippi State like my second uh, college team behind okay. OU so very cool that's that's very cool yeah no they're they're fun you know obviously dakota went there and everything so it's always fun to root for him now and the cowboys so yeah we dakota that that threw me off i i didn't know what who dakota was <laughs> he's a uh, mccorkle's brother right right I, I i have vague memories of seeing darren mcfadden run through gaping holes against the mississippi state defense in little rock one year <laughs> right you know they always have that was put in the league solid nfl players probably more so on the defensive side but uh that's kind of the one thing both teams hang their hat on is they usually have some pretty good um nfl players every now and then so it seems to be trending in the the way of the offense in that state currently with kiffin and leach that at the helms pirate king i love mike leach though So outside of college, uh, you, you mentioned your your boy Dakota from Mississippi State. Is Are the Cowboys your favorite NFL team, or do you have a different uh, team you root for? Yeah, um, I did live in Texas for a brief time period, and we actually had Cowboy season tickets. Um, but that was like when Quincy Carter was the quarterback, um, and they were really terrible at the time. So this was the um, old stadium? Texas Stadium. Old, old Texas Stadium, yeah. So, you know, like the Cowboys, I would say more so now, kind of go for the Browns and the Cardinals, rooting for Baker and Kyler. Um, we actually went to that game in Arizona two years ago and saw them play. So, I'd say definitely probably a pretty big Browns fan right now, Browns and Cardinals. So, I never can decide if I like the Browns uniforms or not. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, this is just terrible. I like the new ones at least, not the ones they had Baker's first year. Those ones were awful, but kind of the more <laughs> old school ones are pretty solid. The Cardinals definitely need some new uniforms. They've just got so many options they could do out there, so they need a little upgrade in my opinion. You think so? I, I at least like their helmets. Yeah, yeah, they need helmets. So. Do you have a favorite player? NFL player, past or present? Yeah, I would probably say favorite NFL player is uh, Mike Evans. He's just an awesome dude, um, and he loves Harry Potter. I mean, he's got a Harry Potter tattoo. <laughs> His groom's cake was a Harry Potter cake. So he's just an awesome guy. I've kind of always gravitated towards him in fantasy. Um, so definitely probably Mike Evans. And then uh, you two kind of got me beat. I didn't know y'all were big Titans fans before this draft. And like AJ Brown, like AJ Brown is actually one of my favorite players. And so I'm like, oh man, he'll probably be there, you know, 
was considering him in the first round and then thinking maybe he'll be there in the second. Didn't realize had two huge uh, A.J. Brown fans in this league. So. Oh, yeah. Baxter is currently 12 hours from now drafting a trade to send Mike Evans to Jake's team. <laughs> right, right. You're probably going to send Mike Evans over for Kamar and Barkley to make me think about it. <laughs> Seems fair to me. Well, speaking of speaking of fantasy football, I guess we'll we'll get to the, the actual start draft in a little bit. How long have you been playing fantasy football? Um, how many leagues are you in? Uh, kind of give me the rundown of that. Yeah, I've uh, been playing for quite a long time. Uh, I think me and my college friends started a league uh, when we first got there, and we've been playing that you know eight or nine years now. We got like a little hundred dollar buy in, so we try to up that a little bit each year. Um, I still have some cheaper friends. So, you know, it's kind of the main <laughs> running league. Um, and then at RSM, we've had, we have a work league every year. And that one's kind of a beast. It's a uh, 14 team league, uh, $100 buy in as well. So that's, that's a big one, a big pot there. Um, and there's a few other little random leagues and stuff like that. But those are my, you know, main two ones that I do each year. So. Yeah, David's mentioned that uh, your work league because he basically says that he runs Alicia's team. I don't know how legal that is, but um, I heard that he runs his team. But I heard that y'all have a like a huge. Well, I guess prior to COVID, y'all would have a big draft party, um, and like people would get, like order a bunch of food, have like a big old um, meeting to do the draft. Is that is that true? Oh yeah, because. It's about 14 teams, but each team kind of has multiple managers, you know, gotcha. whether it be, you know, like, you know, David and Alicia managing a team and then um, kind of like old co workers sometimes come together to join a team. So we'd always have a big draft party, get some Hall's pizza, you know, buy a bunch Ooh. of beer and stuff like that. And um, they're really old school. So they like to get together and like everyone, only one person make the picks. You know, you call out your pick and kind of go through it like that. So. It's always super fun. I mean, any in-person draft is honestly always a blast if you can do it. So, how long does the dra- does that draft party go? How long does it take you to do the full draft? Well, you got some older people in that league, so you know they're looking through their handwritten notes and everything, <laughs> trying to see if you know Ronald Jones is still on the board or not. So, I mean, it usually takes a while, and you know we say you know take a minute to make your pick, but some people will sit there and like do their research. So, a couple hours. But, yeah, they do the, the little, but they make it really weird. It's, uh, you know, one quarterback, two wide receivers, and then you can start either three or two running backs, and you can start either three wide receivers or a tight end. So it's a little different than your normal league. and So not as big or larger roster spots. So it does take a little while. <laughs> nice. That sounds fun. Yeah. Our, our goal, I think, our goal is a um, – as a league is to get to where we can do a in-person draft and maybe meet at uh, meet somewhere halfway down the road for the Texas people and, and uh, try and get a, a big old draft draft party going. Oh yeah. No, that would be, that would be fun. Just do it at Falls Creek. <laughs> do the, more like the big casino. I was going to say, yeah, the bank of Southern Oklahoma. Uh, <laughs> 
We can do it at um, Jeff Lowe's Tiger Safari if he's out of jail and ever gets it up running. You would need some money. It'd be a pretty cheap uh, draft draft party. I mean, think about just drafting in front of a tiger cage. A lot of bangles. Uh, what's your favorite format, Jake? Do you have a like Superflex or a Dynasty or? Oh, you guys, you know, kind of introduced me to the Superflex, and I was a little skeptical at first, but I honestly actually really like it. Um, you know, it obviously puts more emphasis on quarterback, more emphasis on kind of strategy. But, you know, any type of half, P- P- half PPR, full point, you know, not really so much into the standard stuff anymore. Um, and I like starting the multiple flexes is one thing I really like. Um, you just kind of, you know, instead of having everyone sit on your bench, it makes you think about it a little bit more and you actually get to play the people you drafted. So I think that makes things a lot more interesting, a lot more fun. Yeah, for sure. Like, like Katie said last week, uh, m- more points are, are, are always more fun. Right. So uh, it kind of helps you get more points on the board as well. So is this your first Dynasty League? This is, yeah. Yeah, it's my first Dynasty League. Um, so it was interesting kind of going into the draft, thinking how things are going to work, you know, trying to value people based on their age and things of that nature. So it definitely makes things more interesting. Was the, this being your first Dynasty League, Was that did that play into you being a little more hesitant to trade draft picks? Um, I don't know if I got too many offers of draft picks during the regular got, draft. I know you got quite a few from me. Uh, maybe I did. Yeah. Or during the start or during the startup draft, I don't really remember too many. Um, and then, of course, I guess you know I've been famously known for golfing during that day. I had some friends coming to town and had to golf, so I wasn't able to check out trades too much. Um, but yeah, it wasn't crazy about doing anything with the first you know, four or five rounds, you know, just seems kind of risky in a startup draft to kind of move around mm-hmm. too much there. Um, so it wasn't, you know, too crazy about trading, you know, at least in the startup portion of it. Yeah, I, I understand that. I'm in a league, I'm in another league that we're drafting next week. And there's, in the first five rounds, there's probably a total of 20 or, or so people that have like switched positions and traded around in the first first five to seven rounds and it just stresses me out because I don't even know where how many picks people have and yeah Yeah, I'm definitely on the the not trading at at the beginning unless you get a good value yeah it definitely sounds kind of stressful especially in like you know not a slow draft so you really don't know who's there or whatnot um so I mean you could be trading back and you really messed up because some guy you like could have been there Mm-hmm. Time. <laughs> so this is this is a serious podcast. We're going to ask the hard hitting question. Let's hear it. You and Katrina drafted back to back picks. So was there any collusion going on there during the draft? I know you were golfing, but just got to make sure things are on the up and up here. No, no. As a commissioner, you, you have to you have to do your uh, your due diligence, kind of check those things out. <laughs> um, we no, it's actually Jake. good. It was good. I was golfing. So we're kind of like, you know, separate from each other. We did do some mocks beforehand because sleeper is actually really cool, which 
it sounds like you guys have used Sleeper before, but this is also my first time using it. And I think it's actually a super cool platform. Uh, makes sure you just interacting with the league much easier. Um, but no, no collusion. We did a few mocks together on Sleeper. So I think she kind of had a feel of some of the players I probably liked. Yeah, that was a bold uh, move. And vice versa. So Connor wouldn't do any mock drafts with me. Nope. We, uh, you know, I think we're both pretty strongly opinionated on the fantasy players we like. So, you know, she's going to like her guys. I'm going to like mine. And I think we kind of have the understanding if we both like somebody, then, you know, it's up for grabs. So. Yeah, with, with Sean and I doing, because we started the podcast before the, the actual draft with, with us talking about the podcast and, and talking about the draft a whole bunch, just trying to make sure everything's going well. Um, I mean, obviously, as we can, we know, I already talked about the draft too much around him. So he just kind of screwed me at the, right off the get go. So I, I, uh, I am no longer talking about any type of draft strategies and not going to tell anyone that I dra- who I draft, who I'm going to draft. So that's just me personally. <laughs> no, that's always a good call. I don't want to, you know, and, and David, turn don't somebody look, onto a not... player that they might not have been looking at. So. <laughs> Yeah, like David. He wasn't looking at uh, Najee at all until he looked at my lineup. So, uh, great guy, right? Great guy. Well, and again, that just shows the the wide reach of this podcast. We basically pressured David into taking Najee Harris. (laughs) It was actually all part of our plan. Now, I'm sure we'll get to the rookie draft, but uh, yeah, definitely have a few comments on those first few picks there once we get to that. Ooh. Great. Okay, well, let's let's go through the, the startup draft real quick. You started Saquon, Kamara, Michael Thomas, and CEH. Uh, you kind of mentioned earlier that you were thinking going A.J. Brown with your second pick. So since he went off the board, did, did you automatically just decide to go RB heavy with Kamara there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I didn't think that many quarterbacks would go in the first seven picks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so I really didn't, you know, wasn't thinking Saquon was going to be there. Um, I was kind of in between, you know, mocking going to be Jonathan Taylor or A.J. Brown with that first pick. Um, And, you know, I I can still see the argument for J.T. versus Saquon. But I went with Saquon and then just kind of, you know, see how the board played out. You know, really did not expect Kamara to be there, especially in a PPR league. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I get he's a little older, he's 25, but I think he's still got probably two, at least two more really solid years. So you're um, saying, so you're saying Camara is a better pickup than Derek Henry, who went two picks before you? I mean, I would have taken Kamara over Henry, <laughs> um, just in PPR. And I mean, Henry's the freak, but he is two years older. So yep. I was really, really surprised to see Kamara there. Um, and then, I think yeah, that like just the, really shows how, you know, this is this is David's first dynasty league, and that pick just really shows it. Uh, we'll get to David's, but, I mean, he's got a solid team, and, I mean, obviously he can win it this year with Cook and Henry and Harris, you know. That's it's tough to beat. I've, I've, got a, I've got an order out to Tanya Harding to take out some kneecaps, so we'll see. Uh, he's got the baby now, so you got to make sure he can just hold the baby. But I guess no, no, no. Him. He's not. She's not taking out David. She's taking out his players. Oh, the players! I'm like, all right, if you don't <laughs> David. You know, that's some real Najee here beef we got there. Um, 
but yeah, then, you know, obviously drafting uh, next to Connor the whole time was not fun. Um, you know, Justin Jefferson going to pick before me, um, you know, Mixon right before Clyde, which I think I still would have went Clyde just because, you know, Mixon is a little scary injury history, but um, yeah, a lot of players I kind of wanted were being taken by Connor and Katrina the whole time. I will say this is a side note, but Connor is so all in on Joe Mixon this year. It's unbelievable. I think I'm in like five leagues with Connor and he has Joe Mixon in every league. It's I'm just, it's, it's not that I'm like all in, he's going to be like a top five running back. It's more that the value that I'm getting. So I got him in the RB 13 in the fourth round of this draft. And I you think can he say can that be if a, you want, but I think he, you're, he you're can in a be position, a you're back. in a position that as soon as Joe Mixon goes down, like we're gonna hey, have to don't, put you on. We're don't you put, put that evil person on Ricky Bobby? I mean, because every single league you have is gonna be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, but if Joe Mixon is, you know, RB, you know, top five, he's buying a Joe Mixon jersey at the end of the year with all the winnings. So. Yeah, but Reach we don't. Gonna we go don't talk about right next the to my good, AJ Brown good, jersey. We don't talk about the good possibilities here. Anyways, back to the draft. Um. Do you, what do you what are your thoughts, Jake, on Michael Thomas? Do you think like uh, what do you think he's going to do this year? Because at wide receiver ten, if he goes back to what he has been, it's a it's a good value. Yeah, no, I mean I I love Michael Thomas. Uh, I mean the dude had a high ankle sprain last year, so he was never fully healthy. Um, you love all the Saints, really? Yeah, uh, you know who that uh, was basically my whole team. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I figured in the third round, kind of in between Michael Thomas and Terry McLaurin there. But um, I figured kind of with Saquon and Kamara, you know, you know, got to got to go for it. Then, you know, mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, you know, he was our you know wide receiver one just a few years ago. And, you know, really don't care whether it's Jameis or Taysom. I think he'll be fine with either one. So as long as he's healthy, not worried at all about his production. Yeah, definitely. If he's on the on the field, he doesn't have much competition with targets besides Camara. Um, so he he can definitely get all the targets and be a top ten wide receiver easily. Right. You know, I think you know, if Sean showed up to tryouts. He might be you know the wide receiver too because you know I don't even think they have one. So um, I do have confident. really soft hands, Jake. And with his target share there. <laughs> was so you ended up with Taysom and Jameis was was it kind of always a target for you going into the draft to target those QBs or once you got one of them you knew you had to grab the other yeah no I wasn't really sure how this draft was going to play out with quarterbacks um you know I was originally thinking might get one of you know Josh Allen or Kyler in the first but obviously that didn't happen um and so I'm sure Katrina will speak about this, but I've, you know, always been in love with Matthew Stafford and especially in that offense and six point for passing. So I think he'll be pretty solid. Um, and then, you know, in Dynasty, you kind of got to take shots. So got to see, you know, maybe Tua can be the guy there. I mean, he's got the weapons now. So if, if he's going to do it, he's going to do it this year. Um, and then, you know, obviously you just need a third quarterback. So I kind of felt like I reached a little bit on Jameis in the 10th round there. 
um, just not knowing if he's going to be the starter or not. So I was actually really surprised Taysom was still there <laughs> five rounds later to pair the both of them and just get the New Orleans quarterback. Yeah, once you once you got once you grab Taysom, I was like, oh, that's that's like the best case scenario. Like you just a plus on that, just because no matter what, you got it. Um, and I'm pretty sure James is on a one year deal, so even if James doesn't win it, he could still go somewhere and start next year. So I I, I love that move by you. Yeah, so, sure. I mean, honestly, I just don't think people saw he was on the board, and that's probably why he got overlooked when. Guys like Teddy and Scam were going before him, but no, definitely happy to get uh, Taysom in the 15th. So let's talk some of your back end of the draft players or some of your lower level players. How could you convince me that, say, Donovan Peoples-Jones can help your team this year? Yeah, yeah. Um... I mean, you guys haven't put the taxi squad out yet, so that's going to be, you know, what, four players, and they have to, what, be within years one through three, is that correct? First or second year players. First or second year. So, uh, honestly, you know, Donovan Peoples is a second year, so he's definitely one of my possibilities for the taxi squad. But, you know, with OBJ having an injury history and Jarvis, you know, being 28 as well, um, you know, he could have a role in that offense, you know, former five-star recruit, um, you know, never really did much at Michigan, but, you know, he could have the tools to go out there and possibly do something this year. If, which, and I kind of expect kind of a big Baker breakout this year. So. Ooh, uh, heard it here first. You know, just with that line and, you know, second year coach, um, I'm hoping for big things and kind of expecting big things out of Baker this year. David would love that. Yeah, I mean, who – I can't name a single player that's really produced much at Michigan in the last five or six years. But they uh, seem who be, was the defensive player? Well, defense is different. Well, the one that five, play, did kick returns and stuff like that. Oh, Jabril Peppers? That's what it is. Yeah. I think Connor's banking on – is it Nico Collins, though? Oh, yeah. Got produced a little bit. So, I mean, it seems Sean... like the guys can play and their athletic profiles are legit. It's just like, I don't understand why Michigan can't seem to put the ball in their hands. Yeah. So, kind of hoping that translates to better coaching at the NFL level and more production. So, I mean, DPJ put up, he at least had some production at the end of last year. So, right. Well, you know, or I think he had the walk off catch against the Bengals and that comeback. That was a fun game yeah, to watch. I think so. that's right. Yeah, Sean. Sean calls me a sizist. You're a you're a height supremacist. That's what it is. That's what you call. It. I I love big receivers. Nico over here sitting at six four two twenty. Oh yeah, he's, so. uh, he's he'll be a good target. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. So yeah, the you know makes it tough with a twenty four round draft, but you know mm -hmm. a lot of value there. I think one of my kind of favorite sleepers is uh, Kendrick Bourne in New England, especially in a PPR league. Okay. Uh, hopefully Bill can kind of, you know, he's always been that slot receiver whisperer. Um, and, you know, kind of everything I've read about Kendrick is he's kind of been always open in training or mini camp. So hoping he could be a little sneaky value in a PPR league, especially, you know, 
basically free in a draft in the 21st round. He was on my board. Yeah. I like to pick, especially no since he runs those, uh, runs those short routes so Cam can shot put it right over the line to him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's the only one Cam can probably reach at the moment. <laughs> um, so hopefully some targets there for him. And that's just because Cam will just literally reach out and hand it to him. He doesn't have to, like, hurt everybody whenever he try- goes through his throwing motion. Right. Well, I mean, he does throw those laser beams, so if you're only running a two-yard slant, you better watch out. <laughs> it's going to get stuck in the face mask. Still yeah. counts as a catch, though. <laughs> Let's go to the rookie draft. Yes, I'm excited after yeah, his little teaser one, at the beginning. This one's fun. Um this is one me and Katrina did mock a lot just to try to anticipate the first four picks. And, um, you know, we knew the first pick would be Lawrence. Second pick um, was Mexican, would definitely be a quarterback. So probably expecting Trey Lance. Um, and then with David, I guess we never thought David would take a quarterback, to tell you the truth. Just with his team he had, he was kind of built to win now. So, yeah, we thought David was definitely taking Harris or Chase, uh, to be honest. Mm. And then, you know, when Connor came up, definitely thought you couldn't pass on Chase, yeah, you know, with the Burrow connection and everything. Um, so it was just a very interesting first four picks. Um, so I was very happy. Uh, Jamar got there at five because I was basically set on Kyle Pitts the whole, you know, leading up to the rookie draft. You know, he was a guy I was going to take there at five. Yeah, whenever, whenever, <clears throat> I mean, we've talked about this numerous times. Whenever David took Najee Harris in it, it went straight to kind of what my best value was. So I don't know. I I I love having a a tight end where you can just set it and forget it and not have to uh, house like four or five other tight ends just to kind of play matchups. So I went with that. Well, I guess I went with fields because of the the value there first um and then so then once whenever Katrina traded me that and you got chase and I knew um Pitts was had the most value in my mind but I I love the chase the chase grab by you especially I guess um kind of I guess coming out of the draft you you somewhat had an older wide receiver core which again if you win this year and you have old people it doesn't really matter but with Chase and, and that Devontae Smith thing or those draft picks, you you got younger real quick. Yeah, definitely. I mean, coming out of the drafts, you know, had a bunch of running backs I took and really only had Michael Thomas and Lockett and, you know, Pittman, which I do like in Indy this year and hoping he can kind of break out with wins. But, you know, that's a big risk at the same time. So was really pretty ecstatic that Chase was there at five to get him. Um, and then – uh, you know, did not expect Devonte to fall like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I reached out to both people at 10 and 11. Uh, Fuller and Baxter was like kind of trying to offer them whatever for those spots uh, to get up there and get Smith. And they were both pretty set on taking their quarterbacks, you know, Wilson and Jones there. <laughs> um, I didn't know Baxter wanted Jones. He just told me he had a guy he really liked. And so I was thinking it was going to be Smith the whole time. Um and so when he took Jones, that was just really the perfect storm because, you know, I think if you look at Amon's team, he really needed that second quarterback and he needed one of Smith. Yep. 
or one of Wilson or Jones to fall. And so when they didn't, um, it's kind of the perfect storm. And he kind of had, you know, I think good incentive to um, get a first round pick next year. Um, and, you know, all, another, a second round pick this year. And it allowed me to get Devonta and very excited about that. So obviously there's risk with him, but um, those are kind of the shots you got to take in a dynasty league, I feel like. Yeah, all in all, I feel like on both sides, that was a like a really good trade because for Eamon, if you don't, if the guy's not there, you want, I mean, it's perfect scenario, trade back a little bit and then pick up a future pick. And then for you, mm -hmm. the guy you wanted was there and you, I mean, you traded the future asset to go get him. So I mean, that's, that's the way those dynasty trades are supposed to work. Right. So, you know, next year during the rookie draft, I'll be just sitting there with my Devonta Smith jersey on and, you know, be chilling <laughs> the first round. So it'll be all good. <laughs> I mean, it's still, what, 10 months away or nine months away from next year's draft, so you never know. You could could end up with another first somewhere else down the line. Yeah, so we'll see. You know, the rookie draft was fun, and then um, I guess another rookie, you know, did trade Tyler Lockett for uh, Elijah Moore. Um, you know, obviously another Ole Miss guy, big fan of him. Um you know, like Lockett and everything, but, you know, he got his extension. So, I mean, he's going to be a stud this year, but, you know, really like Elijah, Elijah Moore, and think he can be good in New York for a long time. So just thought we'd get a little bit younger there as well. The hype coming out of camp on Elijah Moore right now is, is pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, basically he was unguardable. I mean, was hoping they would cut Crowder and he that would free him up in the slot, you know, especially in PPR, but, you know, yeah. I don't think Crowder will be too big a deal. You know, reports about Mims aren't great. Um, you know, as much as I love Corey Davis, the dude can't stay healthy for a full season. So. So what would you say as your team stands currently is your weakest spot? Let's take a look. Um, I mean, it's tough to have depth, you know, in a league this big and everything. Yeah. Um, so probably, you know, the wide receiver spot, you know, I think I've got a lot of high upside people there with Smith and, uh, you know, like Gabriel Davis and Buffalo, especially, you know, anybody attached to Josh Allen, you always want a piece of that offense. But, um, yeah, really just that probably the quarterback spot, you know, having Stafford is 33 um, he should be pretty good, especially in McVay's offense for a few more years. But really need Tua and then one of the Saints guys to hit. And I'll feel much better about this team. But, you know, expecting big things out of Tua and, you know, hopefully should be a fun Dolphins team to watch this year with all that speed they got, they've got on there. You also have a you've – got, you've got solid or a good, good number of young guys that you can um, – kind of wait and see if they hit with like Mitchell and Hill and Dokes and um, Powell and Des Fitzpatrick, just a whole bunch of, of people that are coming in that have some, some decent ways that they could potentially get some play time and you can just let them sit on the taxi squad. So that, that's good too. Yeah. Just let them chill, but you know, good to get, you know, Kenyon Drake and I think Jamal Williams just as, you know, something mm -hmm. terrible happens to one of your running backs. Those guys should at least get, you know, maybe eight to ten touches a game. So that's enough to, you know, start if you need. Um, especially the Lions really like Jamal Williams. So that that offensive line they've got up there, and 
Um, Jared Goff has nobody to throw to but Swift and Williams and uh, TJ Hawkinson and Foma. So, dang right. <laughs> All right. So, we're going to move on to the next part and we're going to talk some smack. Time for some smack talk. Now we're, we're putting you we're putting you in a tough spot. You requested that Katrina be your rival, as did this. I don't know if you know this, but Katrina requested you as her rival as well. So do you have anything you want to say to her, not as your fiance, but as your rival? Well, I'll say this, you know, I did get Katrina a ring to put on her a certain finger on her left hand, but she also gave me a ring last year in our work fantasy championship where I did beat her. So, <laughs> so y'all, y'all played in the championship game. Yes. Yeah, so we made it to the championship game last year in our work league. Um, I think she'll admit she didn't have the best team, but she did some really good managing and she got there with Wilson and Chubb and Robert Woods and, um, the guy she would leave me for, Cole Beasley. Ooh, um, that's questionable nowadays. No, just kidding. She's she's on the <laughs> vaccination team. So. Katrina, um, uh, send send some draft picks my way if you want the bees. I mean, we do know she has admittedly she has admitted that she's a little bit. She's got a weak spot for those gray foxes, and Beasley's getting does. up there. I mean, y'all should hear. A, how much she talks about Gronk around here. Like it's a little too much, you know, for my liking. So we need to get her and my wife together. When Gronk had his show on like CBS or something last summer, it was an awful, awful game show, but Kylie would sit there and watch it. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like she is, he is so hot. It's like, okay. So, yeah. I know him and uh, Camilla, they're a beautiful couple. Um, so yeah, she's a big Gronk fan. Um, you know, big Jimmy Graham fan. So got to hear about all the tight ends around this around the house. So the old tight ends need to make but a no, note. Uh, need to make a, note a big good rival. Except she, she is a little team. upset that both of her quarterbacks are on a bye that rival week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I suppose you guys could petition the league and see if you can get your rivalry week uh, moved to a different week. Nah, she's she's a good competitor, and she'll she'll still put out her best team, and you know she'll can talk even more if she does win. So, <laughs> so to sum up the smack talk here, uh, you're looking to make sure that she finishes the season with only one ring on her finger. Yeah, um, and you know, want to make sure she finishes second. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, do you want to announce to the to the league when you all are getting married, or do you want that to remain between you and the wedding party? We already know. We do. Yeah, isn't it like Halloween? No, no. Uh, <laughs> That's what we recommended. Easy, easy to remember. <laughs> Twelve, eleven, twenty-one. So we're okay. both accountants, so love numbers, and we thought that was a fun date. And it happens to be a Saturday after the Big Twelve Championship, so it ended up working yeah. out really well. Okay, so let's move on. 
I got something for Will. Again, second week in a row, I got some smack talk for Will. Actually, this is actually going to be end up being smack talk for Connor. So uh, Will and Connor both bid sixteen dollars uh, last night slash this morning to get uh, what's the fella's name? Xavier. Uh, yep, Xavier something. You don't even know his name. Well, Will, Will is thinking that Connor Xavier got Xavier Jones. Got it, Xavier Jones. Uh, Will seems to think that Connor won that bid because he is has the the co-commissioner. He is the co-commissioner. Well, Will, let me assure you that that is simply a title. Connor absolutely has no powers in this league. Burn. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Man, that one hurt me so bad. There you go. That's all I got. <laughs> and we've got was... Connor making trades right before the podcast as well. So oh, we're about to get into that. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Can't let this go and, and talk about. I was waiting for like a little bit more from you there, Sean, but it was just it was a one line. Connor has no no power. And that was that was just it. It's it's simply a label. Oh. It's simply a label. It's um, like working at a bank and having the title of vice president. Just about everybody that works at the bank has the vice president title. <laughs> um so just so people know sean you can you can kind of uh you probably know the rules better than me mr commish mm-hmm. uh or czar or whatever you want to be called this week um but isn't it basically there there's still a waiver order based off of who has gotten waivers last um, yeah and then but the, it goes to the dollars first and then if there's a tie it will go to the waiver order correct yep that's right it's similar to uh, just sim- simple waiver leagues that don't have fab. There's a way to determine the waiver order in the offseason. It's basically just who ha- who's picked up a free agent the most recently. And in this case, Will had pa- apparently picked up a free agent more recently than Connor. So that's why he was at the top. There you go. And I mean, you think the league historian would, would know the rules, but I guess. I'm I mean, not- you would think he's keeping track of who has what waiver order. Big facts. Yeah, whoever it is is probably, you know, praying to Todd Gurley that he goes back to L.A. now with this news and <laughs> tries to rekindle some of that old magic he had years ago. Ryan hopes that Todd Gurley just finds somewhere to put a uniform on so he has some sort of hope that he can make this bet against me competitive. Yeah, I'll have to help him put his pants on to, you know, since he can't move that knee hardly anymore. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. But hey, you gotta admit that the this would be the perfect landing spot for old Todd. He knows the offense, he knows the people. Um, it'd at least give him an easier in to scoring touchdowns to even out the bet. Yeah. Well, and I guess you gotta mention the um the Cam Akers news is why all this is coming up. So yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. Connor, this last part of Smack Talk News, you want to take care of it? Oh, I would just I, – I, it's more of a public statement for the league that uh, uh, Mexican would like to – he posted in the chat, but I was just going to put it on the, um, on the podcast so everyone can officially know. This is a quote from Antonio, the owner of Mexican Win is – The replacements. Stating, the replacements, yes. Well, officially accepting offers for Julio, best bid wins I was considering trying this year, but the replacements franchise 
has decided to enter a rebuild phase. So um, I guess he never in this in this statement, he did not say he was tanking. But that is basically what he is saying is that he's tanking. So if, if you got any picks, I'm assuming Antonio would like them. And congrats to the best friends division for getting a free win each someone getting a free win each week. Yeah, I'm loving my week one opponent. Oh, is that who yours is? Yeah, that's who I'm playing week one. So that'll be fun. The projections right now have uh, Jake winning by 27 points. You can have Saquon take a week off, make sure that knee is fine, and we'll come oh, yeah. back too. <clears throat> yeah, so there we go. That's, so that uh, takes us right into the trade talks. Connor, you want to cover that since you're deeply involved now? I don't know about deep scumbag. Involved. I mean, it just happened. I don't scumbag. Okay, so uh, the first one came out, trade – uh, that Antonio was receiving Debo Samuels, Denzel Mims, who we talked about earlier, and uh, Jeff Wilson uh, Jr., who is actually injured right now, for Julio Jones. So, obviously, we were just talking about how he was getting offers or accepting offers for Julio. He decided this one was the best one. We were talking before this actually um, got accepted and he said he's going to go with this trade and set up a trade that I had sent to him. What are y'all's thoughts on the initial trade kind of value wise? Uh, I thought the value was fine. Jeff Smith at this point is a throw in. He's not even valuable. I don't think, I mean, who knows if he even finds a team after he recovers from his ACL Debo's good when he's on the field, but tends to get injured. And I liked Mims until training camp started and then oh jeff wilson sorry not jeff smith <laughs> who's jeff smith <laughs> i don't know you put it in the dot in the dot and i i changed it to wilson when i was talking and you just kept on reading so <laughs> anyways i thought Isn't it was that... fine i didn't think it was great uh return for julio but i thought it was fine yeah, yeah was... getting, getting younger was... go ahead jake yeah i was there was decent you know i mean like I said, with Mims, you know, I mean, guy's got good talent, but he doesn't look like he's trending in the right direction. But you never know. He could do something well on Debo, but, you know, his average depth of target is like negative two yards, I think. <laughs> yep. uh, but, you know, Kyle Shanahan offense, you know, still a young guy. So, I mean, seemed like a pretty decent trade. Uh, kind of like Sean said, probably could have got a little more for Julio, you know. So, yeah, so then Connor weaseled his way in and tr got the trade canceled, and now the trade that's pending is currently Julio Jones to Connor for a 2022 first-rounder. We can assume this will be maybe, what, the 102-103, Connor, that you're trading him? Uh, no, I'm not trading Katrina's pick. I'm trading my pick, so it'll be like oh. a, probably 112. Hmm. I'm, Katrina might have a new rival. Uh <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, who knows at, at this point in the season, but if even if worst case scenario, I believe I'm at least not in the bottom four, so it'll at least be or at max, it'd be a, a mid round, a mid first rounder. And if he continues to tank, he'll have the one on one, so he'll have a one on one and a uh, um, a mid to late first rounder, so. 
And let's be real, it's probably it's going to get weaseled away from me. I told him at the at the very beginning of us talking the trades that he should just accept my trade offer, so then people can weasel in behind me to get a better trade. So, um, I've already had discussions with Antonio. I don't think it's going to come from me. Jake, what are your would, thoughts? Would you like on the, to comment, Jake? You're going to come in and look look for uh, Julio to add to your team, or he's too old for yeah. you. I, I don't think I can beat that offer. You know, thought about maybe offering him like a second and a third for him, but I don't know if that would have been enough to get it done. And then just kind of thought I might save those assets for the season. You never know what's going to happen with injuries and people, you know, not being able to reach the championship. So I think it's pretty solid value. I mean, it's paying full price for Julio, but. Uh, I think with Connor's team, you know, you want to go for it this year, and he's definitely a guy that can help you. So, yeah, I think overall it's pretty fair. Um, I lean a little towards the first round pick, but not not much at all. Yeah, I mean, I think it all depends on like when you're trying to win. So, I, I, like Jake said, like I'm obviously trying to win this year with getting a 32 year old for a first rounder, whereas Antonio is. Um, I don't know if this – I will keep it to the side, but he said he was going for a future year. Uh, I won't tell you which year he's going for that title, but he mentioned that he's going for a future year's title, and so it helps It helps out both and not a bad value since I had an extra first-rounder. Yeah, no, especially with your receivers, it's kind of a luxury to be able to put Julio in a flex spot and still have you know Robinson and Cooper and mm-hmm. Jefferson, so – and, and I just don't have I don't have very many wide receivers in general, especially if the old Beasles retires. Breaking news, Dynasty League. We have our first email to the smackmouthfootball at gmail.com email address. And it is in reference to this trade. Uh, now, a bit of a background here. We recorded our part with Jake on Wednesday night, and we got this email on Thursday. So we're doing a, an emergency uh, pod recording to put into this episode and uh we're we're just going to get into it this is an anonymous source uh sent in to the email address i'm just going to read it and we're going to react the email is titled julie jones for a first now i i have to assume that this guy i have to assume or girl uh, or or girl i have to assume this anonymous source meant julio uh, and it got auto-corrected to julie so again title of the message Julie Jones for a first. Okay, here we go. Let me preface by saying this. When the trade notification hit last night, a shot of adrenaline went running through my veins. It took me back to just over a month ago when trades were being thrown around left and right. I loved it. Inject it into my innards, not veins. And he wants it in his innards. So I don't know, like, I don't know if this is an enema situation or. I mean. I mean, enema, again, it's anonymous, so you don't yeah. know who, who it is. You know, Do you get you it know, faster those, uh, in your veins or get it faster via the uh, old B-hole? Well, I mean, that's why they, the little butt shotgun, you know, gets you drunk really fast. Okay, yeah, the butt chugging? Yep. Okay, keep going. <clears throat> However, when I saw the most recent offer for Julie Jones, I was shocked. We're playing Dynasty here, right? Julie is 32 years old giving up the possibility of a young aspiring talent for 32 year old wide receiver that has loads of other talent around him was just mind boggling. 
I know CMAT is a big Titans, parentheses, tits fan. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the whole reason behind this move. Julie only played nine games last year. I think last year was the start of the decline. I know Julie has had <laughs> great moments and could still be a weapon, but not for the long haul. Do you have something to say here, Connor? You want to butt in? You want me to keep going? Go ahead. Just keep going. Okay. Start of the decline. That's crazy. And he or she, I mean, if you're going to keep calling him Julie, and she already has Brown. I guess he is 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 meaning For, you. Referring to me. I am a man. he do. already has Brown. Very unlikely both guys will go off at the same time in the same game. Brown, Henry, Reynolds, Ferkser, and Tucker McCann. I don't know who Tucker McCann is. <laughs> Tucker <laughs> McCann is what he says. Or she. We'll all be vying for points. Crowded team on the tits, if you ask me. Congrats, though, to CMAD for getting Julie, I guess, but wouldn't do it, but I wouldn't do it. Thank you for your time, as always. Be safe and Godspeed. Signed, The Big Rip. I don't know. Again, it's anonymous, so I don't know. The Big Rip. Interesting. Interesting. Tucker McCann. He he is the uh, kicker for the Tennessee Titans. Have Went you added a kicker to your team in the league that has no kickers? <laughs> I have not. I have not. Um, but this well, sounds well, like Connor, someone... This is targeted to you, so I'm going to... I know, but I'm really not that hurt because, well, first off, the backhanded compliment at the end after you just ripped my whole trade of saying congrats, that's that's embarrassing for who, this anonymous tip. So if you're going to come at me, come at me. Don't try and do a backhanded compliment at the end. And then... The argument of they're not going to go off in the same game kind of helps me out a little bit more. Does it? Obviously, it'd be good if they both go off in the same game, but now I'm going to get whatever passing touchdowns, we'll say 80% of the passing touchdowns for the tits. I'm going to get them because I have, or I guess 90% because I have uh, Ferkser as well. But this this is not a... I was talking to some other league mates today. This isn't about the long haul here. I think that I have a chance to compete this year, and I think Julio has two, possibly two years left on his, on his, uh, in the tank. I mean, I mean, sure. our guy, the big rip, does have a point. You aren't heavily invested in the tits, heavily invested. Correct, and that had nothing to do with this with this trade. I was not trying to get Julio just because he is a Titans. I was going with Julio because I needed that depth at wide receiver. Now, to his point about about them not going off in the same game. Now, if you did, if you have both of them, you're going to feel like you have to put both of them in your starting lineup, right? Well, how am I not going to put Julio Jones in as a flex in my lineup? Well, that's the point, though. They're on the same team, so you're going to feel like you have to play both of them. And so, if one has three points and one has twenty points, you kind of wasted that flex spot because you felt like you had to play both of them. Whereas if you didn't have both of them, you could have played somebody else in that spot and wouldn't have felt that obligation. Well, again, this is this is this betters my team, improves my flex position, no matter if it's on if they're on the same team or not. This is a better asset for my team that'll help me win weeks. End of discussion. I mean, it would have been a better ad if they weren't all on the same team. Theoretically, but uh, there's, I feel like there's a stigma in fantasy that you can't have players on the same team. So yeah, all I mean, wide, all wide receivers are inconsistent. It just happens that I have two of them on my team. Okay, 
I mean, we'll put a pin in this. We can bring it up later in the season when you're okay. when you're one and five. Okay, we'll we'll see about that. I would just like to say, last year in 2020, the quote unquote big rip uh, only said that he only pointed out that he only played nine games. In those nine games, in the play in the games that he played, he was wide receiver 13 and half PPR points. And this is with uh, Calvin Ridley, who people think is going to be is amazing and overtook him last year. So he was still wide receiver 13 with Calvin Ridley on the field. Um, and that was only in nine games. So if he can continue to do that, be a solid wide receiver too, then that's all I need. Now, we'd be remiss to mention that you did de- divest some of your tits shares today as well. You did ship yes, off did. Josh Reynolds. Thank God yes. you don't have three of the Titans receivers. Well, um, I would have had all four pass catchers. Yeah, I mean, you think uh, t- you think the Titans are going to add like uh, Mercedes Lewis or something? Or you think Ferkser's going in as the TE1 there? I think Ferkser's going to go in as TE1. I think he knows the offense. And with Julio Jones, they're not going to have to lean on his production. It's going to be more as long as he can find the gaps and, <clears throat> and get some scores. And, again, I have Kyle Pitts right now, so – um, unless first or salt starts popping off, he'll just sit there and and uh, be able to to kind of grow the season. Suppose that helps, but you could go, you know, uh, AJB, Julie Jones, and um, Ferkser, you know, at a flex, just load up. And we we might again. I mean, week one they play the Cardinals, so not the best defense. So who knows? We'll see. Who's your week one opponent? Do you have them have it memorized? Uh, I think it's Katrina, isn't it? Mm. Yep. Okay. Timely. Timely to bring up that name. And and it's actually pretty close. We're within about two points to, to each other. So she's favored by two points. Yeah, I mean, I just hope that uh, Julie or Julio getting emasculated by our anonymous emailer doesn't ruin his season. Yeah, that's really gonna that's really gonna hurt the guy. Let's, let's just – just for a reminder, Julio Jones is 6'3", 220. He's a beast. He's a brittle old obviously, man. Obviously, last year, he only played nine games. The year before that, he was the third wide receiver, fourth, seventh, sixth, second, sixth. And, yes, I know he, that just proves that he's, he's older. But two years ago, he was the number three wide receiver. So, Well, he was in his 20s back then. I remember those days. Actually, he wasn't. He was 30. Maybe he was 20 when the season started, 29. He was He was not because it was exactly two years ago. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into some NFL news. And I'd like to start this out with a small moment of silence. Thank you. That was for Cam Akers and Antonio, the replacements. Yeah, Cam Akers, he blew out his Achilles. It's pretty shocking news, um, especially since they haven't started camp yet. Um, But if I had celebration music, it's great news for me, baby. Daryl Henderson on the come up. Here we go. Wow, that's – you really transitioned to that quickly on on really that moment of silence too. Enjoying it, even though you never mind. Yep. 
they're, they're, do you think he's going to get all the workload? Do you think they're going to bring in a, a Todd Gurley or a Adrian Peterson? Um, I don't think they're going to bring in a Todd Gurley. I think that the terms that he left on were not great, and uh, he can't play football. Um, I mentioned in the chat, I do think Adrian Peterson would look pretty sweet in those white uniforms. Don't know how much he would help the team at this point. So I don't know what they're going to do, but uh, I do think Daryl Henderson will be the workload back. Yeah, no, it's definitely that's when a late round running back pays off when something like this happens. So just gives kind of free value to your team. So now Daryl should be pretty good. Um, and they don't really have much competition. So exciting times to be a have Daryl Henderson on your fantasy team. Uh, next piece of news is we keep bringing it up, but here we go again. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I don't know if you can call it breaking news or not, but Adam Schefter reported that Rogers declined a, a contract extension that would have made him the highest paid player in the NFL would have extended his contract. I think another five years or so, or would have put him under contract for the next five years. I'm pretty sure that this news broke a few months ago and Adam Schefter just like re-reported it as if it was breaking news, but I guess we'll consider it breaking news for now. Um, I still think Aaron Rodgers is playing for Green Bay this year and then probably not playing for Green Bay next year. But who knows at this point? Yeah, Katrina's got a hot take on Rodgers. Um, you know, I'm sure she can elaborate more. But I bet she does. He's right in that age range, it seems like. It is. That's the one she keeps up with. But <laughs> she's, you know, he's married to Shay and Whitley now. Uh, are they married now? Or married or engaged. Hmm. But I think Shane's you guys should have a, a little, double wedding with him and Shaylee. Shaylene's a little crazy. And so Katrina thinks that's affecting Rogers and she's hmm. whispering in his ear to do some, some crazy things. So she wants to be a sugar mama. She, uh, I think she got arrested in North Dakota standing on that pipeline. So she's, uh, <laughs> she's, she's standing up for her values for the native people. Yeah. So. Katrina thinks she's making Aaron stand up for himself and who knows what that means for his future in Green Bay. Interesting. He's going to, he's going to pull a Brett Favre and end up playing in a different uniform. Just looking, it's looking weird whenever he's playing with a different uniform when he's like 38 or 39. As long as he's not sending pictures of his junk to sideline reporters. Okay. That's what Brett Favre did. You might have been too young to remember that, but I, I definitely was and didn't need to know that. So we'll move on to another to an older quarterback who actually played through an MCL tear uh, last year and got it repaired. I mean, he's just invincible. Yeah, Tom Brady is. I don't. He's the greatest player of all time. I don't know what else to say. I don't think there's any denying it at this point. And the fact that yeah. he was able to play through the MCL and nobody know about it until this week is remarkable. Yeah, he's pretty amazing. I'm saying 50 touchdowns for Tom Brady this year. So again, again, probably another another person that uh, Katrina is, is after. I mean, if we can he, all be as blessed as Tom Brady, that guy's gotten better looking the older he gets. 
Yeah, I am True. quite a bit older than Katrina, so you know, a whole year older. So she kind of likes the the older men. Okay. Okay. Um, let's next. see. Next, we got Alan Robinson and Chris Godwin are are gonna officially play under the franchise tag. They didn't come to terms on any extensions for this year. How does that make you feel, Connor, for Allen Robinson? Do you like that, or do you, would you have preferred him to sign an extension? I think I think both of these are just uh, a business thing more than a football thing. So salary cap was lowered this year with COVID and all, <clears throat> so they can play on one year with a franchise tag, and then next year when the cap goes back up, they'll get more money. And if Allen Robinson – with Allen Robinson more specifically – um, he has a chance to fill out if if field is going to be a good match for him and a good quarterback, and if not, then he'll peace out and go play with uh, Tom Brady or something. So, Connor, what's this next piece of news about Ramondre? So, I was looking Ramondre Stevenson. Um, just uh, where is it? Here we go. The Patriots have placed Ramondre Stevenson. And then undisclosed, undisclosed on the active slash non-football injury list per Mike Mike Reese of ESPN. Just um, an absolute another blow to Antonio's team here. <laughs> Basically, they don't know what's keeping him off the field, but the running back said the running back came off of the list in practice at any time during camp during the training camp once he's deemed fit to rejoin the, his teammates um, then he'll be able to kind of try and carve out a role but looking like it's definitely an, a rebuilding year for Antonio I guess that's why someone was trying to trade for Damian Harris in this league today it seems like um, I don't know who you're talking about but I didn't know anything about this news actually this is the okay. first I've heard of it I, I, I tried to get Damien Harris a long time ago, and she would not budge. So we'll I've tried a few times. That. I've tried a few times. I'm trying to as well, and she's uh, putting a big asking price. So Especially now, there's there's been things uh, things coming out that he's looking really good, that he's definitely the the running back. But it, it also depends heavily on who the quarterback is. So if – if McCorkle's there, then I think he could be a very solid running back. Cam kind of uh, lowers that ceiling. And then next up, I saw that Zach Ertz um, has a good chance of remaining with the Eagles. So that's I'm not sure if it really – it doesn't really gain his value. I don't, I don't know. But if anything, it, it hinders – the value of, of Dallas Goddard. What do y'all think? Yeah, obviously I've got Goddard on my team. Um, I think in all the best ball drafts I've done this year, I'm always gravitating towards him. So it dings him a little bit, but uh, I mean, Ertz is getting a little older and mm-hmm. still could be traded, but still thinking Goddard's going to be, be fine this year. And they run a lot of two tight end sets, so it'll be all good. Very true. Yeah, says so he's expected running. to report to camp. He is 30, and if they can't trade him and they do cut him, it saves them $8.5 million in salary space. So there's some incentive there to cut bait if they can't seem to get anybody to bite on a trade. Right. I can't see them paying that much for 
uh, 30-year-old Zach Ertz this year, but you never know. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they have a bunch of salary cap space? Wasn't weren't them one of the people that someone mentioned about being able to trade for Deshaun because they have salary cap space as well as picks? I don't know. It's the salary cap thing sounds right, but I don't I don't know for gotcha. sure. Yeah, we I thought have they had some, to fact check us. I thought they had some issues with Wentz and all his dead money this year. So that's true. Mm, good point that's a very good point all right well and then there's one more point on here to wrap up i don't even know why we're talking about this player but sean i mean my guy Dwayne haskins uh seems like he took a little bit of a beating from his uh his wife this week i mean good on him for not being the one in the news for domestic violence but it is a shame that he was the victim (laughs) that's all i got did, did he legit like get hurt yeah, I think like he got punched in the face a few times. <laughs> I think he had a, a, a tooth knocked out. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He had a tooth knocked out. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, he he took it pretty good. It sounds like. Which I mean, based on the stories that came out of Washington last year, he may deserve it. Here you go. Uh, Haskins reportedly had a split upper lip and missing a tooth, and <laughs> suffered o- other injuries to his mouth that required dental work to repair his teeth. I mean, dang. Dang. Tough news. That's my quarterback. He did, he did, he did come out the, the, the later that week and said, I appreciate the concern. However, I have all my teeth. <laughs> um, and he, he wrote this on his Instagram story and said, don't believe everything you read. Peace. Nice. So, um, yeah. Well, I hope they can reconcile. Anyways, let's end this um, with some dad jokes. Connor, you want to go right. first? I will go first. Jake, you're the uh, you you decide who who wins this. Sounds All good. Right. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, how do you follow Will Smith in the snow? How do you do that? You follow the Fresh Prince. It's okay. It's Ooh. okay. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right, All right Sean. You ready? What? Five out of ten. Ooh, okay. We got a rating Ouch. system. I like it. What did the shipmates find in the toilet? What's that? The captain's log. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> that's yeah, solid eight solid eight out of ten. <laughs> Let's go. Oh man. That was a good one. All right, everybody. That's the podcast. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Maybe we'll get together, watch some football this year, like the league, and um, do some Rafi bombs and stuff, you know. Definitely not Rafi <laughs> bombs, but I am for watching football together. All right, Sounds guys. Good. Appreciate it. Yep. See ya. See, see you later.